Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. For the Amazing Truth Minute, today we'll focus on Revelation 22 verse 17. And it reads, Let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. See, when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well, he offered her living water and promised that those who drink of it would never thirst again. That's John 4, 10, verse 14. The metaphor of Christ as living water is one that appears in numerous places in Scripture. The prophet Isaiah wrote, Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters on you who have no money. Come by and eat. Isaiah 51 verse 1. Again, in the book of Revelation, an invitation is offered to those who are thirsty. Living water is an appropriate metaphor for those, for the person and work of Jesus Christ because it represents a universal need. Without water, our physical bodies perish. In the same way, without Jesus, we are spiritually dead. But Jesus does not leave us to perish. Instead, he invites us, invites those who are thirsty to drink freely from the fountain of life. And he promises that those who do will who do will never thirst again, but will experience eternal life. And that is the amazing truth. Many. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, Mr. Ezra. I I didn't miss you. I don't want to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but and yet you're here week after week. <laughs> the reason I come is because of the guests. The that guests come oh, yeah, yeah, that's for true. you. <laughs> you know, it's good to be back, Kenan. Good to be back, Ezra. Uh, how is uh, how is your team doing in World Cup so far? Oh yeah, my team Portugal is uh, is uh, you know I switched man. You switched. Uh, yeah, yes. I switched. I, I I know I was angry at Ronaldo, but yeah. I say you know what I gotta move on. So okay. my team Portugal won their first game. So uh-huh. I'm I'm. I'm still hanging in there. You're still hanging yeah. in there. How's your team doing? My, my team is playing tomorrow. We were revenge <laughs> the first <laughs> loss that we had. You know, but but anyways, it's good to be back, Kenan. How was your Thanksgiving, Israel? My Thanksgiving was a blessing, man. I was uh I was thankful. I'm thankful. Amen. Thankful. I didn't have turkey, but I was good. No, I, I did. Yeah, I and had you? chicken. You had chicken. I had chicken. I know. It was I good. Know, I know you struggle with. Uh, I don't struggle. <laughs> I don't, please don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> well, you see, already we started on a high note. I always say this, Ken, and the one thing I miss about the audio podcast is that we had the the chance to reveal the guest. Yeah. With the video element, everybody has already seen who the, the guest, guest is. is. Yeah. But today we are delighted, we are excited. I'm using big words. I uh, see. As well. You've trying yeah, to, yeah. Trying to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> delighted to have our brother. I'm not going to say his name because I, I, I don't want to take that thunder away from him. But I'm going to ask a question as we segment for him to introduce himself, right? Right, right. When is the first time that you actually earned your first money? 
me. Yeah. Uh, I not the f- one that you stole. You know, <laughs> 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 hey, you're right. When you talk about earning, <laughs> that was yeah, <laughs> the right way. <laughs> the right way. The right way. I I worked at a local company here. Uh, when I just came to the states, mm-hmm. I was uh, arranging mail in a warehouse. Uh-huh. So that was my first job, and I yeah, it was the first time I ever worked. How did you feel? It, uh, I, that it, it was little, <laughs> but it was much. It was to much. Me. <laughs> what I did with it, I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. How was your? What was your first? My pay? first paycheck, I worked at White Castle. You know, shout out to you guys if you're still in business. I haven't been back there for a while. <laughs> you know, but yeah, White Castle and. Um, I felt like I was the richest man on earth. I know, man. Like I, I thought all feeling. my problems were I gone. Know, I know that feeling. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but 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 here we are still trying to make money. And yeah. that is why the guest today is important, man. You know, is when you start talking about money, money. It yeah, it's either people think how oh, money oh, you're going to make money. Uh-huh. But once you make the money, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's so, why we have our guest here today. That's yeah. why we have a guest. We're going to let him introduce himself, tell us his name and tell us something about yourself um why you're passionate about this topic on money. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Troy Levy. Um, firstly, let me just thank both of you gentlemen. I'm, I'm really excited to, to be here. Anytime I'm talking about money, uh, I don't know. It's like my juices start flowing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. This is great. Um, and I'm just really excited for our audience to yeah, uh, be right. able to um, not just listen to what I have to say, but to, just to have an ongoing conversation uh, mm-hmm. surrounding money. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, um, what was the question? How did I grow up? So, so the question is why are you passionate about this oh topic? why yes yes that's right all right so um hmm. it my passion for it really started um back in 2011 it started to grow uh exponentially around 2015 mm-hmm. um and this year has been like a really really special year so mm-hmm. let me start with 2011 I, I read a really really important book um one of the best um i would say one of the best money books in general that people should probably read. And that's the total money makeover by the great, um, you know, financial literacy guru, Dave Ramsey. I'm sure most people have probably heard Mm -hmm. of Dave Ramsey. Well, when I read that book, um, it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, from there I, I paid off, uh, one credit card. I think I had like a thousand dollar balance that was just kind of carrying over from Mm -hmm. month to month. Mm -hmm. Who knows why? (laughs) But, um, yeah, from there, got out of credit card debt, um, but still wasn't serious about like, you know, uh, getting on a a serious plan. And by the way, Dave Ramsey has a a plan, pretty good plan. Um, but still wasn't serious about, about getting on a plan. Uh, so we were still, you know, financing a lot of things, Mm -hmm. um, still getting into a lot of debt, not saving nearly as much as we wanted to until a very embarrassing moment happened. And, uh, you know, I, maybe you, you guys can we're ask me about that. We're yeah, gonna, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Later. We're gonna but get to that. Yeah, but let me let me just fast forward to to twenty fifteen when I started offering um, this financial literacy course, and it wasn't my own, but started offering this at at my church uh-huh. um, as sort of a service for our community. So mm-hmm. this wasn't just for church members, but this is for any and everybody mm-hmm. who wanted to attend. And we had several people that weren't part of our church that mm-hmm. were part of um, this financial literacy uh, community. Um, uh, a class and from there I'm like man this is really exciting like you know it, it in my profession there are very few things that excite me there are some things that are just necessary that I have to do and most things are just kind of drab like I, I have to do it week to week and it's like all right here we go again but this 
I started noticing, man, I'm actually really excited about doing this. Um, and so it turned into, um, <laughs> I did my dissertation on financial literacy mm. um, and uh, and what it has to do with faith as well as race. Mm. So I studied, uh, we can get into that a, a little bit later, uh, later also, uh, what exactly my dissertation was on. But um, man, and I'm like, okay, there's a gap, there's a niche here mm. that, uh, there, there's an itch for people of color, mm-hmm. people that look like you and I, that um, isn't being filled because there are some unique things that we deal with, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, you know, financial literacy curricula don't necessarily target or point to. So from there, I started uh, forming my own financial literacy curriculum. Um, And this year, kind of fast forwarding, uh, is a huge year where uh, I've finally finished that. And we can get into that uh, a little bit later. But yeah, this is, that's how I got into this, man. And it's an ongoing passion where I love to talk about any chance I get to to talk about it. I'm I'm super excited. You know, the the, the passion, you know, Ezra, (laughs) When I when I talk about mental health and mm-hmm. I'm I'm passionate about it. Yes. But man, when it comes to money, money. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I fall. But looking at Troy, I mean, I it's know. it's yeah, it's in it's an it's an you know in in um in my at least in my culture I grew up, it's it was one of those unspeakable things that mm-hmm. you really want to speak yeah. out, but you don't want to speak out much of it because you're probably didn't afford lots of things. Mm-hmm. So even talking about is money. Is that we didn't afford or how it was framed? Exactly, how it was framed. Or even the planning that our parents did, maybe they didn't. Was so their it plan. Was, exactly. And that's <laughs> why it was it was hard to talk about it because there was really no plan. You say there was money. And our parents used to say, I don't have money. Don't, All the time. I, I never had All the my time. father say, <laughs> I, have I have money. money yeah. like every single time he's like, I don't have money. <laughs> was it a, 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 scare, a, a tactic? So I that, don't know. I know that, but that's, I'm saying that because that's what we, I, at least I grew up and say, I don't have money. Mm-hmm. So then when you're growing up, <laughs> is that it kind of builds into your culture and that gives some mindset. So, yeah. Yeah. That, I think a lot of homes, uh, and I, you know, I've never been, uh, grew, grew up in a, in a, uh, family besides a black family. So that's all I know. Yeah. But I, a lot of black families, uh, people that I talk to who, um, have, have shared common experiences, it's the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the research that I have, literally these, these are research questions that I asked uh, people as they filled out these surveys. Mm-hmm. And it, these are the answers that, that we're getting. Mm-hmm. We didn't, in general, talk about money yeah. growing up. Right. Or if we did talk about it, it was, I don't have it, so mm-hmm. don't ask. Yeah. That was the extent of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, there, there's just a generation of us, I believe, that that's coming up that – we're not satisfied with those answers, but we still don't know how to get from point A to point, point B, B where, yeah. where we right. want to be. Yes. You know what I mean? So yes. we're in the process of discovery right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so excited, man. Listeners, viewers, let me tell you something. We are talking money and maybe uncomfortable. You are tempted to, to turn, uh, turn off <laughs> and leave. But let me tell you, the hook, I'm going to give you the hook, then we're going to go back. Troy, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. How much did you owe a few years ago in debt? My wife and I did the math. We discovered that, um, I'm going to give you a round number. You're probably mm, not yeah. going to believe me yeah. because it's just so uh, round of a uh-huh. number. Literally, one, almost just about exactly $100,000. It was like $99,980. But I just rounded up to $100,000. That's how much we had borrowed between the both of us. Now, that included student loans, car notes, um, 
store cards from, you know, Old Navy or Macy's or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything that we had borrowed up to that point, um, it was literally $100,000. And you said, what, a, a year ago? Oh, no, no, no. This was, um, we had stopped borrowing by, I think, 2015. Okay. 2015 is the last time okay. we borrowed. And they worked themselves out and paid all yeah. that money. That's yeah. right. Stay tuned because we're going to build the story now from that. So, who's Troy? Were you born with these, <laughs> you know? Of course, of course he, he wasn't born with a debt. Now yeah. we are sure. <laughs> we, know. <laughs> we know that for sure. Yeah. But tell me about your growing upbringing, family, you know, size of family, where you're born and things like that. Yeah, I come from a very loving home. Mm-hmm. Um, two parents in my home, my mom and my, my stepfather. And I only say stepfather just to for our um listeners to understand just the uh, genetic relationship, but very much the, the man who raised me is my, my, my father. Um, and, you know, my biological father loves me very much also. And uh, so I, I have I have three sets of families mm, <laughs> yeah. and everyone loved me very well. I, I you know, just a great, great home mm. uh, to grow up in. I, I would have never had it any any different. Um, you know, when, when particularly. No siblings. Okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm the only, the only child. child. Yeah, I am the only child. Which, ironically, my wife, uh, we've been married for 13 years, but she's one of nine. Mm. She has eight siblings. So <laughs> when we got married, this is a huge culture shock, man. Very huge shock. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, only child. I grew up more or less on, on the uh, on the East Coast mm-hmm. uh, between New York. I was born in New York. Uh, moved to Maryland. Only time I didn't live on the East Coast. Spent uh, about two years in Michigan when uh, my pop went to grad school, and then right back to the East Coast man mm-hmm. so east coast is home for me okay yeah so born and raised in east coast yes, only child uh went to school in east coast yeah um how was growing up in the home we're talking about finance in this context for you what is what was it like yeah so um similar stories we we didn't grow up or mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. uh, there were some moments where and my parents would probably laugh at this uh, because, they, you know, I, I, I know that they know it's true that uh, we just we didn't have a lot. So mm-hmm. I guess, yes, we were poor to whatever extent for, you know, a couple of years uh, growing up. But in general, we were middle class. We didn't my parents didn't make a ton of money ever necessarily, but we were middle class uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in general. Um you know, with, with in similar answers where, you know, a lot of times it was, hey, we don't have it. But I did still grow up with some great experiences. You know, I grew up going to private school, praise mm-hmm. God. Um, you know, never had any need for anything. I had plenty of wants. You yeah. know, of course, yeah. every kid has wants. Yeah. Right. But never had need for anything. Yeah. Um, so we, we, I was just tremendously blessed in, in that regard. But money, I, I, as I think over it, mm-hmm. um Looking back on those experiences, I know my parents struggled not necessarily with with making money, even though, you know, they weren't the highest earners in the world, um, but more so just the, the process of, of having a plan. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I, I noticed that now in hindsight. And so, um, you know, the conversations, I'm going to say this and, you know, I hope our audience doesn't take this the wrong way. Um, you know, many people that don't necessarily look like you and I. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, in general, pretty strong conversations surrounding money. Mm-hmm. Um, if not conversations, a pretty strong culture mm-hmm. of a positive legacy of financial stewardship. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
Um, but m- many times, folk that look like you and I, we just don't have that positive culture. Many times it, it, it can be a negative culture of financial stewardship, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. I won't go into the ins mm-hmm. and outs. Um, and, yeah, you know, we just didn't have those conversations about money in, in my home. You know, any goals or plans or anything like that. Um, he, hey, here's how you can do better um, necessarily. I do remember this in particular, though. I was probably in like seventh grade mm-hmm. and I remember my mom sitting me down and um, helping me create my first budget. Mm. I remember that very, very clearly. Wow. Now, it's a very simple budget. Of course, as a kid, I don't have the expense. I'm not paying a mortgage or yeah. paying heat bills or buying food or anything like that. But she did help to, you know, write it out. And I remember, and, and I remember like taping it to my wall. And anytime I made like a little bit of change, maybe from Christmas or something like that, I would kind of divvy out. Now, it wasn't anything consistent or anything like that. But man, it was a beautiful start. Mm. And I remember she gave me this book uh rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki i never did read it uh because i i I did start it but it was just too you know i'm I'm in seventh grade it was Mm -hmm. for me at that time i wasn't necessarily interested in deep um uh, financial topics like that Mm -hmm. but just the fact that she gifted me the book i remember it and it was very meaningful now Mm -hmm. um as i as i look back on it but beyond that, um, I, I we just didn't necessarily have that that culture right. of talking about it and hey, here's what you do. Hey, this is what a four one k looks like. This is how you say. You know, we just didn't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting you mentioned the term financial stewardship, and I think some of the this, the term stewardship in itself, we we know of it or we you hear it only at one place, which is church, probably. Yeah. And then after that, you probably okay, stewardship. I and mean, we are taught stewardship is just basically tithe. And offering, you know, that's the mindset until uh, later on. That's when you learn it's it's not just about that. But then when you at least for when you, because everybody yeah, yeah, everybody has a different yeah, yeah, yeah. At least for me, from what I um, yeah, from a religious perspective. Um, so what what was it for you? Did your parents have um, uh, multiple jobs, or was it just a straight one job? Did, did they have to talk about savings at that age where you mentioned financial still at seven? Did they talk about savings or a plan or anything of that sort? Yeah, in seventh grade, none. Yeah, so. Uh, not like savings vehicles, but the concept of saving, my mom did, you know, kind of draw that up in the budget, mm-hmm. um, in, in the budget that she helped me to to create. Mm-hmm. So that that was the extent of it. Now, very, very meaningful. You know, I'm not overlooking how meaningful that was. Um, but, you know, it, it was a very basic conversation right. um, that, you know, didn't necessarily go beyond that. Uh, I do want to address what you what you talked about, uh, Ken, in, in, in terms of, um, you know, for in the religious world, at least in the Christian world, which is uh, my perspective as well, that when we hear that phrase or that word stewardship, that many times it's it's talking about tithe, which, you know, for our audience, if we're not familiar with that concept, it's a 10 percent that we uh, return uh, or give to the church to help support the work of the church and uh, thereby supporting um, what we call the, the kingdom of God. But beyond that, um, you know, we don't really talk much about mm-hmm. anything besides the 10% and maybe like a, an offering beyond that. But when I was like just in my research and, and thinking and talking about this and, and even praying about it, I'm like, man, how dare we ask people to give a 10% tithe and almost at some points, uh, if you're not a Christian, just close your ears on this one. At some points, um, making people feel bad about mm-hmm. not giving a, a tithe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we care nothing about or don't even address the other 90% mm-hmm. 
besides that 10%. Right. Mm. Yeah. You know, so what it shows, uh, and, and I don't think this is the intent, mm-hmm. but what it kind of does show is that, hey, we just care about the what you're giving to, yeah. to the yeah. church right. and whatever you do with the rest of your money, yeah. okay, who cares? That's, but I'm like, no, that, that can't be. We, we really do, we really should care about the other 90% and what people are doing with that um, and helping people to grow that 90% wow. and, and do well that's, with that 90% instead of just the 10%. <laughs> that's very Because we care about the whole person, right? We, we yeah. say that as a church. Yeah. Uh, and so we can't just care about what they give to the church, but we should help people to do well with the rest of their 90%. And that's just been a really high focus for yeah. me, for, for the church in, in particular. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting perspective. Kenan. Yeah. I think we need to close the podcast. That's it. That's a punchline. <laughs> close right, right now. <laughs> you know, but, but what I'm hearing, uh, Troy, is there is lack of intentional grooming, training, information. Your mom sat you at the age of seven. Kenan, when is the first time your parents ever sat you down on money issues? Never. Never. Yeah. When you have two children, yeah, have you sat them down to discuss finance? Pretty much every time because as 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 kids growing up, they all all they want is mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to the store. I want this store. I want this store. So at least I've they've been instances where I out of necessity, pretty out much necessity. that I have to, you know, we have to we have to have that conversation that not because you're in the store you have to get something, not because you have money. They see a dollar around, they see okay, let's spend. So I've had those instances where I have to have had that conversation with but, them. But have you said, today we're going to sit down, and the topic today... <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Is the, not because of there yeah. are something in the store no, or something no, that no. you've done that. We, we do that, yeah. We, okay. we try to do that regularly. Okay. Just to... Cause I, I, the, the, and I think we've talked about this with, with you or somewhere outside, outside of this, so in the podcast, that there's that generational debt that we I don't want my kids to have. You know, I... I want. I don't want to depend on them at sixty for yes. them to give me something. Yes. I want to end that generational debt. Mm-hmm. So I've had to have intentional conversations with them about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So Troy, so you grew up in a typical home like any child, father, mother. You know, you go to you go to a private school. Um, your mom sits you down at the age of seven, tells you a little bit about a budget, and you know. Does that? When is the next time in your livelihood as you become a teenager? You know, once people hit teenagers, I want them. I want them Jordans. I want <laughs> to go out with my friends. I want to go to the movies. What, what was that like in your life? Those yeah. teenage phases, age, people are going out, money-wise. How is that shaping and grooming in your teenage and early yeah. adulthood life? Yeah, so uh, one thing, and I, I, I failed to say this, and I should say this now because it has a lot to do with your question, that um, while... Um, just the the ins and outs of money wasn't necessarily a heavy conversation in in my home. Um, working was a heavy conversation, or mm-hmm. not 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 just conversation per se, but the expectation, expectation yeah. uh, of work, and that has a lot to do with financial literacy. I, I do believe that um, it's work is the bedrock of of, of financial literacy because that's how you make make the money in order to uh, to do what whatever you want to do with the money. So yeah, man, work. Work was always a part of my childhood. I, I started working um, consistently sort of um, at age 13 or so. Mm. Um, and I worked all through high school. 
Um, I, at some points, I swept floors. Mm-hmm. At some points, I cleaned bathrooms. Um, this was at, at the high school that, that I attended, mm-hmm. uh, the academy. And, um, yeah, I, and I worked through college as well. So I was always making money. Now, a lot of the money went towards my, my school bill because, mm-hmm. of course, I'm, I'm in private school, as I said, and uh, which was fine, though. It taught me how... Uh, how to grind and how to work hard. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated though that that uh, that aspect, um, and ended up working during the summer. You know, making some some decent money, and I was able to you know buy some things that I wanted. But and, and then it, it came to a point where, as I was working um, during the summer, and I think at this point I was going into into my college years. So I'm having more independence now, and I'm able to spend a lot more of my own money that mm-hmm. I'm now earning, and not asking my parents for permission or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just spending money on just like crazy stuff, man. Like, you know, back then jerseys, uh, mm-hmm. were cool, like football jerseys, basketball yeah. jerseys and, you know, baggy jeans and oh. Timberlands mm-hmm. and fancy sneakers and this kind of stuff. And a lot of my money went to that. And, you know, uh, now, even now I, I live with some sort of regret about those moments. <laughs> I'm like, man, I could have literally opened up some sort of 401k or invested or something like that and been all right right now, you know, but that money just went nowhere. And, uh, you know, of course you, uh, pick yourself up and you move on, but you still kind of have those regrets a little bit. Um, but yeah, from, from there in college, man, I got my first credit card. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let's stop right there. So, um, when your, your first job, did you, did you feel the need or was it, um, was it, were you pressured to get a job? Well, uh, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. So I, I just had nothing else to do. Um, this is during the summer, right before, right before high school. And, um, so yeah, I had nothing else to do. And there was kind of this opportunity, um, uh, to work in a, in a cafeteria. And, um, so I would, you know, put the food out, clean the food, uh, you know, clean tables and whatnot. Some, every now and then I would chop up some onions or something mm-hmm. in the kitchen. But, uh, yeah, that was, more or less my, my first job okay. and um, just kind of fell into my lap. Like I said, I had nothing else to do. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just sitting around. Let me just work. And that's right. where it started. And, and and you mentioned that there was a there was a talk of savings, but not necessarily the plan. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I guess you could say that. Um, yeah, it was in the budget, but not like, all right, here's how you open up a savings account. My mom did have a savings account for me, uh, which was, I think you would probably call it a custodial account where she was on the account. My name was on the account also, but I kind of needed permission to withdraw right. and that sort of thing, which was, that was powerful. That that was a great, great start. Um, but, you know, just understanding like, hey, here's how you, you're working now. You can open up a, a 401k or um, some sort of IRA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we just, we just didn't, we didn't have that knowledge. Is, 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 it, is it important to have those conversations? And at what age should you start having <laughs> Man, those conversations? I would start early with some age appropriate stuff about saving in general. So let me give you an example for my kids. Um, you know, I don't give them allowance. They earn, um, they earn the money that I give them every week. Right. So my kids, it's mostly kitchen work. So my oldest son does, uh, he washes the dishes every day. Right. Um, my middle son, uh, sweeps the kitchen every day and my youngest son cleans their kids table every day. Right. So he he uses the sponge. My oldest son gets $10 a week. The other two get $5 a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and if they don't, accomplish their task on a particular day, they don't earn their money for that particular day. Mm. 
Right. And like when I say, yo, I'm docking your pay. Yo, these kids go berserk, man. <laughs> oh, no way, daddy. I'm going to do it. I'm like, nah, it's too late, man. You know, I already cleaned it for you. It's yeah. too late. So they're, they're learning, hey, I got to work hard and complete my work in order for, and, and this, that's a lifelong lesson to me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. a lifelong lesson that they just have to learn. Um, and so as they're uh, earning, as they're earning their money, they have three categories that they put their money in at the end, at the end of the week. The first one is to give or share, uh, I should say share. Um, and they give that to church. You know, that's one of the uh, values that my wife and I want to instill mm-hmm. in them is to share with their uh, faith community. And then they save, I'll mm-hmm. come back to that in just a second. And then they, uh, they spend. Mm-hmm. So they share 20% of their, whatever they make, they, um, they, uh, let me see, they spend 50% and they, they save 30%, right? Mm. Um, say, so, say, can, can you say that again? Yeah, sure. I'm taking so notes. They, I'm taking notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they share uh-huh. 20% of their income because that's something that my wife and I have, have done for years, mm-hmm. um, and that's just us. Um, and then they, uh, they spend 50% of whatever they make, and then the other 30% they save. So with saving... Uh, that save category, that 30%, what they're doing, and we've we've had these conversations with them, hey, you're saving for college, right? Yeah. This is what all of their save money wait, goes towards. Wait, 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 how how old is your youngest son? <laughs> <laughs> he's seven. And he's already saving for college. Yeah, and he's been doing that. He's been doing that for about- And the podcast th- now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's been doing that for about two or three years now. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not a whole lot, but it's consistent. It's consistent. I'm yeah. sorry, I want to catch you here. I think like it's not even about how much it saves. Is the idea of even college is already planted in their mind. That's right. The idea of fathering yeah. my life beyond just here is planted online in their mind. It's just like the education value. It's more than just the financial piece that you're mentioning here. That's what I'm hearing. I don't know, Ken, and what are you hearing? I, I hear the same thing, but I have a question now. Yeah. Just keep keep your train of thought where yeah, you're going. It. Right. So don't lose it. So they have. I've had people. I've had conversations with people that that they have the argument of um, entrepreneurship, basically just learning a trade and school versus school. And I'm saying that intentionally, not and school versus school. What are your thoughts on that? I'm. I'm actually. Oh, what were we <laughs> I mean, gonna say? I was gonna say that's gonna take us to a whole different. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can answer very quickly. Okay, quick, quick, I'm so okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I think we should. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I'm okay with yeah. that. Um. You just have to show evidence of, of a plan. And even if they do end up going to college, you need to show evidence of, of a plan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not opposed to my kids learning a trade and, and being an entrepreneur with that. I think that that's a wonderful plan. And the, the, the vehicle that we uh, have their, um, their, their savings set up, and it's called a, a 529 plan or, or an ESA, uh, Education Savings Account. Those, as far as I know, and I think uh, some of these are state-specific, so you might have to check with your state to make sure. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, I can say that these can be used for trade school and, and technical schools as well. Okay. Uh, so it's not just a four-year college or just a community college or whatever. You can use these uh, to help uh, pay for for those things as so well. again you're you're train you're you're channeling that conversation again to trade school right yeah pretty much okay yeah you but can you can do that yeah i don't mind my but kids the, doing that. but the, there are people that say i don't need i don't have to go to school if i can start out a business well yeah which is fine i but i would say here's the argument that i would make you need some sort of training 
uh, period. Whether it's going to trade school, even entrepreneurship, unless, you know, your parents just have it like that and you can just be part of the family business. But even then, you know, bring something different. Uh, different, different aspect to the family yeah, business yeah. or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think everyone should get trained or educated no matter what career path you choose. Training is, is going to be there. Well, I, 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 I think we're going <laughs> to go back to where we are. Uh, but but I, just a quick comment on what, on that, what you said. I think the greatest, another conversation you need to have is the concept of education. People think that education, if I go to college, I'm going to just get this degree and get a job. Mm -hmm. no. That's not it. College is where you network. Your yeah. network is your net worth. College teaches you discipline. College, in high school, your classes are chosen for you. You know you need to be here. But in college, you start disciplining yourself and making this. These are traits that you don't learn anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You sure. meet people from different worlds and all that. So we can get into that whole conversation. So, let, but going back. so And we should, Ezra. At some point, you should devote time. Yes. We should. You no no no. I'm not. I'm not, going, I'm not going to let you go there. We are talking finance today. Uh, okay, uh, uh, I'm just picking your brain, is Yeah, so, but so so we we're back now. So, when do you get your first credit card? You're in college now. Yeah, I. And how did that go? I lament this day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys know anything about me, and if the audience, you know, they'll, you'll, they'll quickly find out that I. Do not, uh, I am not a proponent of debt uh -huh. whatsoever, except for for mortgages, yeah. um, because I see how debt has has ruined lives. And there's so many arguments surrounding. Well, what about this? What about? I'm like, look, debt industry. The debt industry is not in it to help anyone. They're in it to gain as much from us as they possibly can. So anyways, that that's neither here nor there unless that question comes back yeah. uh, to, to the table. But I was. Um, I was probably 19 or so when I got my first credit card. Mm -hmm. It was in college. I don't know why uh, my college let this happen, but they allowed uh, credit card recruiters to come on campus. Mm -hmm. And um, I traded my soul. I, I say this uh, pretty lightly. <laughs> I traded my soul for a Quiznos sandwich. Do they have Quiznos in um, Minnesota? Yeah, we do, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, so they gave, and it wasn't even a, a large, it was a small <laughs> Quiznos sandwich, a coupon that they had given uh, in exchange for signing up for a credit card, and that was the most expensive Quiznos sandwich I, I ever ate in my life, man. Um, because, you know, I... People say you can have credit cards responsibly. All right, I'm not even going to deal with that. Um, but you're giving a 19-year-old... A, a uh, a credit card with, I think at that point I had like a thousand dollar credit card limit, um, with no concept of, or very little concept, I should say, of financial literacy uh -huh. and, and debt and just how this thing works. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, for the debt industry, I understand why they did that. It's the perfect time, you yeah. know, to, to catch people while they're slipping, man. Yeah. And, and just like mm -hmm. ignorant, ignorant about mm -hmm. everything. Um, and yeah, this is one of the worst decisions I, I could have made in my life. Just, I was in so much debt, uh, literally from, I got that around 19 or so, and I paid, finally paid it off when I was, this was in, um, I forgot how, I was in my 20s, something mm. like that. But yeah, um, that was an, an unfortunate decision. And there are other bad decisions mm. that, that my wife and I made along the way. We're going to build into that. Let me, let me Kenan, <laughs> yeah. when did you have your first credit card? My first credit card debt was a Capital One credit card uh, for $300. <laughs> and I, I, it was when I was trying to get, well, we were planning our wedding. So I needed a, I needed, I didn't have money. So yeah. I needed a, and that's the only thing I could qualify for. Was three hundred. <laughs> I ended up paying, I think a thousand two hundred uh -huh. off of it. And yeah, 
Ezra, yes. You paid 1,200. Out of 300 bucks. Sounds about right. Yeah, so I took I took a credit card with I think 20. I thought you were smarter than that kid. <laughs> first credit card, right? First credit card. I took a credit card. Teasing, yeah. Right. Took a, took a credit card um with I think it was 29% mm-hmm. and APR. I yeah, APR and I and then they they catch you with that you know, 0% for oh, yeah. what have 6 months. For like 3 months, 6 months, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I did that. All that it was very and I there are bucks that I didn't know I not did not have and I could spend it on few things for the wedding. Yeah, it was a terrible mistake. Yeah. Glad you survived. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you Ezra? Same I, question. I, my first credit card, I, I I can't remember if it was for Best. I think I had several credit cards, but the one that I vividly remember was one for Best Buy. Mm. And I just got a Toyota Camry and I walked into Best Buy, got that credit card and went by behind the car and put a sound system <laughs> or $1200 you know so and 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 i had a sound system which eventually was stolen oh, <laughs> and i was in debt for $1200 still had to pay that back yeah. the debt wasn't back. stolen yeah right i think these are common stories if we were mm. oh, to invite yeah. our listeners hey if you can pause for a second go yeah. to the chat just say your first experience with your debt like you know credit card or you know that that first experience what it is i'm sure we're going to have some good stories if if we give people a chance to say that so now you are right cruising you're right cruising you're right cruising you get married. Have you changed? No, no. And here, here's the thing about debt. It works until it doesn't work. It works until sometimes, I, I should say, sometimes it works until life punches you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I got <clears throat> married in 2009. Mm-hmm. And if you remember that time period, that was at the height of the recession. recession. Yep. Um, I had just graduated from college the year before. I'm in grad school in Michigan. Um, my wife graduated in 2009, a year after me. So, you know, we waited until she graduated until, uh, for us to get married. Um, and she's a nurse, mm-hmm. right? Graduated with a nursing degree. Uh, moved to Michigan with me. And, you know, any everyone told us that, you know, oh, Rochelle, you're about to be a nurse. You're going to find a job anywhere, mm-hmm. right? At the height of the recession, <laughs> she couldn't find a job. And Except it, for, yeah, go ahead. And especially where you went to school, because I mi- know that I went to the same school. It was, yeah. Um, Michigan, at that point, was ranked dead last, number 50 out of all 50 states in terms of the economy. Wow. Because remember, the car, the car like industry, GM, yeah, yeah, the car industry, yeah. Michigan's economy is heavily oh, yeah. uh, hoisted up by right. the car industry. Yeah. And that went kaplunk. Mm-hmm. And um, Michigan's economy was just bad. So nurses that were... Um, that that had retired were coming back into the work, workforce because, of course, their 401k, everything is just going down uh, and they're scared and whatnot. And then nurses that maybe were retirement age uh, or should have retired um, weren't retiring. So who's going to hire a new grad over, yep. you know, nurses yeah. with experience of, of 30, maybe 40 years or so. So Great. it was just very difficult. She Thankfully, she did find like some little things here and there, home care, but we're talking about like $9 an hour, man. It was not a lot. So um, we... By the way, when we got married, we had debt from the marriage from from the wedding, and <laughs> on our honeymoon, <laughs> we got into even more debt uh, through buying a timeshare. Well, wow. That 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 was by far probably the worst financial decision we had ever made. <laughs> Ten thousand dollar decision, and we never ever used it. 
right? So we were paying this thing off, um, basically just paying off the interest on it and barely, not even touching the principal for years um, because she wasn't working. I'm in grad school. I'm literally working three jobs, mm-hmm. uh, refing flag football games. I'm grading, grading papers. I'm doing everything I can to keep my wife, who, by the way, got pregnant three weeks into our, our marriage. So my pregnant wife, I'm trying to keep her comfortable and all that good stuff while debt is eating at almost every paycheck that I have, you know what I mean? And um, and, and still going to school and yes. expected to do well. Yes. Wow. Full-time, full-time school. 16, 17 credits in a master's program, which was just, it was nuts, man. It was a bad, bad time of life for us, man. It was bad. We're, this should have been the best time of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. we're yeah. newly married. We're, yeah. exper- you know, and uh, it was a bad time of life. You know, Kenan, I, I'm just listening to Troy. I'm like, bro, what's weird about that? Everybody goes through that. <laughs> like, like that is our culture. That is a lot of families. That's a lot of people. It's it's working two jobs, odd shifts, picking these, never home for the family or the kids and whatnot and stuff. But I think at some point we might have gotten comfortable and normalized that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, 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 that I think to me, it's what just eats me. It's like normalizing that. Let's pause here because we're going to start wrapping up here shortly. But ask this question. What do you think are the long-lasting effects of such a life? Man, um, you stay in a rat race, uh, almost like a hamster wheel. You ever seen a hamster wheel? The, the, yeah. the hamster's just running mm-hmm. running hard now, mm-hmm. but not going anywhere, just staying in place. That that can summarize a lot of our family's experiences. Mm-hmm. Um unless we choose to get out of the hamster wheel, mm-hmm. right. And actually run a race that's worth running. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which by the way, is not the, 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 the debt race. You know, we, we've spent so much time making everyone rich. We've made bank of, bank of America and their CEO, rich, uh, chase, uh, any other bank you want to throw in there. Uh, Sally Mae, we made them rich. Everyone is getting rich except for us. Hey, Mark, I think we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was, I think it was a fact. You can Google that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just teasing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, so it, it, takes some, it takes some intentionality. We can do this. Mm-hmm. It takes some hard work. Mm-hmm. takes some intentionality. But on the other side of the struggle, is a beautiful life. And by God's grace, my wife and I, we've been able to, we're still not, uh, n- my wife nor myself have ever made six figures in, in, in our, in our mm-hmm. lives. Right. Um, but we're experiencing at, after getting out of debt, we're, we're just experiencing a life that's like, all right, man, we're keeping most of, of the money that we're making. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have any payments, mm-hmm. you know, except for our mortgage. And to me, this is just a beautiful life that we're able to now set up for our children and those that we care about, our church and our families, so on and so forth. Instead of paying everybody else and making everybody else rich, we're making ourselves rich in in the process. And not because we're making so much money in terms of income, but because we're keeping Mm -hmm. so much money money. instead of it going elsewhere. (sighs) I just I, I just I just I just read a quote here that. Bill, it says bills travel through the mail at twice the speed of checks. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, you know, and, and that's, true, and that's true, and that's exactly what you see. I think the, the it's not a concept of living large, or it's just 
keeping most of the money that you earn. Yeah. That's yeah. man. Now I, th- I think there's some profound stuff our uh, listeners as and, and viewers that you you're just listening here and I'm sure you're scratching your head and saying, "Man, how do I get out of this?" That's why you can't miss part 2 because we're starting to talk about how do we get out of these. Yeah. But 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 as we get ready to talk part 2. Let me ask try this to tears up for the part 2. The lowest moment, the mm-hmm. turning moment to say get get. Ah, but let's do the lowest moment. Yeah, that's 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 the same yeah, the tiny yeah. moment, right? No, it's the lowest moment. Then he turns from the lowest moment. Okay, anyway. okay. The story, the, the one that well, you well, said. Don't, don't, don't worry, Troy. This is us. no problem. That's fine. <laughs> you guys what, tell me what? what you want me to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. The lowest, the lowest moment, moment. Yeah. that that, okay. that sprang you up to your turning yeah. point. Yeah, this was in 2015. My wife was pregnant with my youngest son. Um, we wanted to celebrate our anniversary. Our anniversary is in August. Um, we didn't have much money in the bank, right? And to say that we didn't have much money in the bank, that's probably an understatement. We literally had about 20 something dollars in, in, in the bank. Um, again, we weren't poor in the sense of our income. We, even though we didn't make, we, we never made six figures or anything like that. We weren't poor. We were, we're middle-class mm-hmm. we're, we, we should be fine, mm-hmm. but we were living paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. and still, um, in the mindset of of debt and and that sort of thing. So when you're doing that, it's not it, it, you could again you could still have a, a good decent income and still feel or still experience poverty in in a sense. Mm-hmm. So we were there. I had this um, Visa gift card. It was like a two hundred dollar Visa uh, gift card that I got from. Um, from the internet company for switching to this. So you know how they, yeah. they kind of reel you in with yeah. this, whatever. So I'm like, babe, you know, we don't we don't have any money, but hey, let's go out and have a good time. So we went to brunch uh, on a Sunday morning at, at Cheesecake Factory. Okay. And um, we went out with this, uh, and I called ahead. I said, hey, do you take uh, Visa gift cards as, as a form of payment? They said, yeah, no problem. So yeah, cool. So we went out. Now $200 is more than enough to cover. So I, I knew exactly, mm-hmm. you know, what, what we were going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the restaurant. I asked the front desk. I said, look, I just want to be sure. Do you take uh, Visa gift cards as a form of payment? They say, yeah, no problem. It's fine. So we go, we eat, have a good time, good food, um, good conversation and whatnot. And uh, comes time to pay. I hand the server this Visa gift card. She goes, runs it, comes back and tells me, hey, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, but this is declined. I'm like, man, oh, this is really man. strange. So I look at the card, flip it over. <laughs> Read the fine print. They said, you got to call and activate, activate it first before you you use it. All right. And the 800 number is right there. So I call immediately. I get a, a an answering service. And they said, well, you know, our, our call service, our call centers are, are closed on the weekends. Oh, boy. Now, Ezra, Kenan, uh, this is Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, they don't open up until another 24 hours. But ah. I have to pay my bill right right here and right then. Um, The $20, 20 dollars wasn't going to cover it. Yeah. Uh. So, um, I'm like looking through my wallet, trying to find anything, man. Literally I had like this old, I think it was like a lumber liquidators, um, <laughs> credit card <laughs> <laughs> and I pulled it out. I gave it to her. She runs it. And of course I know this, you use lumber li- liquidator, uh, liquidator, um, credit um, cards at lumber liquidators, <laughs> not at cheesecake factory. I know this, but they say a, a, a drown, even a, a drowning victim will, will, Reach out even for a brick if you throw it to yeah. them, right? Um, and I'm just like at my wits end. So I finally just have the the heart. I, I gear myself up to to tell this server, "Hey, look, this is bad. I know it is, but 
I, I just don't have it to, to pay the meal. Um, you know, I'm not sure what to say. And I, I thought she was, and she got the manager, by the way, and, and the manager came over. I thought the manager was, was going to tell us, hey, you're going to have to wash dishes. Or something. Mm-hmm. I, I just kept imagining my pregnant wife washing oh, dishes man. next to me. Um, and lo and behold, they didn't tell us to do that. He forgave the meal. Oh, wow. um, and But mind you, you know, I'm very embarrassed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, especially... You know, I'll just go on and say it as, as a black man, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm living out the, the stereotypes oh. that, that people might th- might think of us mm-hmm. that we, you know, do this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I did go back. I do want to say that we got paid. It was like a funky time of month mm-hmm. where we both hadn't gotten paid in like almost a couple of weeks. That's why we were so low. But when we finally got paid, <laughs> that was like, like a Sunday. I got paid on a Tuesday, I think. And I w- did go back and pay for my meal. Mm-hmm. I uh, gave the server an extra generous tip for for her troubles, um, and but that day, you know, people our our audience might be tempted to say, well, you know, that's why you should have credit cards for emergencies, and yeah, a credit card would have helped us to not be embarrassed that day, mm-hmm. but a credit card wouldn't have wouldn't have freed us for the rest of our lives. The embarrassment, I, I believe that you know, sometimes you have to use negative, not sometimes, every negative thing that happens you should turn those moments into transform those moments into something positive and having a credit card for an emergency that day wouldn't have helped us to become financially free would have saved us from embarrassment that day Mm -hmm. but we determined that day that we would never ever be embarrassed like that again and that's where the ball started rolling and i'll leave the rest of the story for part two (sighs) my goodness man Hey, listeners, if we add, the only thing that Kenan and I can add is starting to defend credit cards. <laughs> so, so rather than mess all these up, we just want to say that this is a much-needed conversation, Kenan. Yeah, it is. It is a very much-needed conversation. We are happy that we are having it. Uh, there's uh, some good stuff that's going to come out of this uh, as, as we wind up. Troy is not only here passionately speaking about this, he holds classes financial lit- literacy classes and can you can you just in 30 seconds just give us a brief of that and then we'll build on it yeah next time yeah so uh the the name of the course is the blueprint where uh you build your financial house from the ground up so we start with the foundation we build uh four walls at some points we are going to demolish bad uh financial habits as well as you build uh on on good financial habits um but then we have a ceiling and floor um and we uh take the stairs to the next level and we have a roof that protects our assets and all of these are, are uh, all these elements of the house are uh, financial literacy components uh, that make sense and that <laughs> correspond uh, to the financial house um, and so you can find this on the website troy s levy.com and my name should be in the show notes i think mm-hmm. uh so that's t-r-o-y s as in solomon that's my middle name levy l-e-v-y so troy s levy.com click on the blueprint course and you can purchase it right then and and right there awesome awesome we give you resources as usual that yeah. has been our time here at amazing truth uh podcast and we are looking forward to part two please don't plan to miss that has been our time Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listen. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you, and see you on the next one.